tanto la distancia que separa nuestras almas Soy culpable del disgusto que llevo en mi corazón No esperaba yo extrañarte cuando de mí te alejaste Pero aún sin tu ternura All right, welcome back to Vibe New Mexico. I'm Andrea Michelle. I am so honored, so pleased, and I'm going to say it, yes, I'm very excited that we have one of New Mexico, not just New Mexico, but this guy is making his way all over the place. We have the very own, our very own, Carlos Medina and Cristina Romero. I'm so excited. They decided to say yes to doing a podcast. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> we're doing good. Thanks for having us. I'm so happy we finally got it rolling. We were having some technical difficulties, but we figured it out. My IT guy figured it out. He he knows how to how to get anything from these computers. Sometimes it's crazy. We've had some problems before, but not like this. So now we get to talk about all the fun things happening. I just gotta say, by far, you're probably one of my most favorite entertainers ever since Gallos or even when you played with Darren when they're with, you didn't play with La Gente but with Darren Cordova I could just remember your accordion sound your unique sound your talent and your passion that you put into your music so first of all that stands out to me um, second of all obviously your comedy strikes home with so many of us who have our um Tios, our abuelos, our, our fathers, or whatever it is, our primos, we all identify with that, that comedy. And so just all around, you're an entrepreneur, a person who really goes out there and just pulls in the crowd. You have the charisma, and then you have this amazing woman who backs you up. So, I mean, it's just like, tell us the secret, Carlos, what's the secret? <laughs> I don't know. I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm a lucky guy. You're very, very lucky, but we love it. We love it. But sometimes luck comes uh, wrapped in hard work. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, yeah, if you if you want to make it in anything, you're going to have to work hard. And uh, it's been a lifetime, uh, a lifetime journey. You know, I've dedicated my whole life to what I do. And uh, it's um, it's paid off in, in many ways. So I'm pretty excited. Thank you for for the uh for for the intro there, I appreciate uh, the support that that uh, you you guys have always given me, and uh, of course everybody listening. Um, it's been it it's been tough sometimes, but uh, for the most part, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything else. You know, I love the fact that and I always point out this with the podcast, but that you say it comes with hard work. A lot of times, people don't realize the dedication and you know, what goes into making an artist and making a personality. And people think it just comes easy for some people. And maybe with the charisma and all of that, it does. But you also, you know, I always like to go back to certain things that you've told me in the past, just listening and your approach to things. And I always remember one thing about Carlos. And I, I think I've mentioned it a few times in the podcast is, you know, your talent will take you so far, but how you treat someone will take you way further. And I think that is such a valuable and such golden advice, especially within the music industry, because so many people kind of get ahead of themselves 
mentally and and forget to kind of come back and remind themselves it is about a relationship and building that whatever it is between your public and yourself and I see that with not just you know the music like I said again I mean that was like our when we had an opportunity that was our date night was to go hear the gallos to go hear you guys play back in the day at uh, Santa Clara yes Big rock. The best Frito pies and the best music. And if I knew you guys were there, I was like, let's go, let's go. And even if he was like, I can't, I'd go with some friends or whatever. We'd just sit there and listen and just jam out. Because you guys were, obviously, your guys are amazing. With whatever guys you've had join with you. But you're also um, a songwriter. And a lot of people, and I just want to point this out. In New Mexico, kind of, and it's known, we do a lot of cover songs. But Carlos, you've done very well as a songwriter as well. Can you tell me a little bit about like your original music and how that just how do you write music? Is it just Well, I always uh, I always knew that to to set whatever you create apart it has to be uh different and uh I just devoted time to writing songs and that's really been the key for for me as far as as performing. Just recently, well now because of COVID, we can't we can't play live mm-hmm. so i did a lot of uh a lot of videos um a lot of streaming anytime anyone asked me to do uh to do live streams or it was going to get recorded i made sure that that every song was original uh first of all because if it's not facebook will shut you down yeah <laughs> and uh, if it hasn't happened to you it will believe me because uh they're taking copyright infringement very I seriously mm-hmm. and which which is Something that, you know, we, we've we never, we don't really think about, I guess, when we record mm-hmm. and just getting written permission to use a song is, is very important. And the, the more that, like, my career developed, the more I, re- I realized how important that is because it is a, um, it is somebody's work. So just like uh, if you're going down the road and you see a piece of vacant land and you decide, well, I'm going to build a shed here. That's basically the way it works with music. You hear a song you like, and you, I'm going to record it my way. But you have to realize that that belongs to somebody. And before you do anything with it, you should ask permission to use it, and and pay whatever whatever royalties are, are due or whatever a mechanical license would would cost because. Uh, it's hard to write songs <laughs> sometimes, and uh, I mean sometimes they just come, they they come easy, you know, uh, depending what state you're in, right. <laughs> state of mind. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, it's I think it's becoming more and more of a realization even around this area that if I'm gonna record a song, I, I need permission and I need um, I need to do it uh, the right way because it is somebody's art, somebody's hard work hours of you know trying to write lyrics or personal experience so it it makes me happy to see that more and more people are are coming uh, are realizing that I love that you said that because of the fact that and I'm just gonna speak you don't have to comment on this but it's really difficult for artists here in New Mexico to come out with original songs and actually get you know, 
the the airplay it's it seems sometimes that new mexico stays on this tendency to repeat cover our songs that have done and traditionally i think we need that to evolve but sometimes i for a lot of artists it's like the easiest thing to do is like the flor de las flores the volver volver the puño de tierra the those the favorites because then people just identify new mexico music through that it's difficult to come out with like material that way and kind of push it and get far. Is there any kind of advice that you can offer about people who actually want to write? And there are people out there that are doing this. It's just a little harder for them to break through the New Mexico industry. What do you think about that? Um, create your own industry. <laughs> Don't worry about airplay. Don't worry about the radio. Don't worry about social media don't worry about it just write your song and play it the right person will hear it and share it with the next right person and we have a great advantage that people like that came before us you know like i think about el hurricane and darren mm -hmm. and uh how you know they were they were so popular so good right before this social media platforms started coming out mm -hmm. and i just think back about like I remember talking to Benny, Al's mom, and she she showed me handmade posters, flyers that she would make so to promote. Awesome. Uh, I remember uh, playing in Darren's band and, uh, <clears throat> you know, promoting. I remember a particular show in Grants that we were promoting, and uh, I called, got the place, called Darren. I was like, dude, they, they want to, you know, we're going to do a show. And uh, printing the, <laughs> the tickets and... Uh, on, on business cards because wow. we had a template for that. And uh, you imagine the work that went in into all of right. that back then. Now you get a gig. I've, I've had gigs. I've just promoted them on Facebook. I'll, I'll just type right. playing tonight, mm -hmm. wherever, at whatever time. Or or I'd like to do a show um, in, in Tucumcari. The first show I did there, that's the way I did it. I, I made a, a post, uploaded it to Facebook and just, the question was, if I did a show there, how many people would go? And we were able to sell out the show basically on Facebook wow. before we had a venue, before we had a date. Right. So then I called Jerry, the, the guy that was uh, in charge of the uh, Knights of Columbus at that time. And I told him, if you guys want to have a show, I'm willing to have it at your venue. We already have over like 250 people that want tickets. Dang. And so how easy it is for us because of social media and you know radio will always be there and radio will always be important to to us as musicians but there's other ways to to get your music going and if you're gonna worry about is this song gonna make it on the radio then don't even write it it's not even worth your time because you're writing it for the wrong reason Write the song that's in your heart. Write the song that talks about your experiences. Write the song you want to write because there's people out there. The right person will hear it. Uh, we should never worry about whether or not a song is going to make it on the radio on this station or that station because um, you don't have any control over that. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, radio stations have ways of making their decisions. And sometimes it doesn't include your music, but I found that it doesn't matter because uh, 
you know, there there's other avenues. At some point, it does matter. You know, radio, like I said, will always be important. But there's other avenues to get started. And I mean, I'm not dogging on radio stations. I I appreciate every radio station that has ever played my music because I too started back before there was Facebook. And I'll never forget it. You know, KNMX in Las Vegas was one of the first stations to ever play my music. Uh, KFUN, the other radio station mm-hmm. in Vegas. Uh, <clears throat> que dice, of course, here in Santa Fe, Que Suave, mm-hmm. KXMT, KANW. Um, all the local stations have, have always supported my music. But, you know, things have changed, and that shouldn't be an excuse for people not to want to write music. Uh, just write the song, and the right person will hear it, and it'll get out there. Some That's what's cool about music. There's always someone that'll appreciate what you do, which is why I was never in sports. <laughs> yeah, me either. I sucked. <laughs> me too. At basketball and <laughs> football. But uh, I, in music, I found, you know, somebody, it, it doesn't matter how good or how bad anybody thinks you are. You, if As a musician, you'll always have a fan. People will, will appreciate it. And, and, you know, you That's you hear that like, wow, that guy's not that good. Well, it doesn't matter. That guy or that girl is doing what they want. They have passion. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. There's there's fans for Everybody. for, for every style, mm-hmm. every song. Uh, I could tell you stories of some of the greatest songwriters and show you their songs. And you think, wow, why did that person even record? But... Um, you know, their songs get picked up by other artists and they become big hits. And, you know, just do what's in your heart and don't worry about who's going to like it or who's going to play it. Uh, if nothing else, I got a bunch of songs I've recorded that I only play myself. And that's okay. You know, maybe maybe that was the extent of that of that song. But, you know, you should always uh, you should always strive to to create your own your own music that's that's really the key uh long term that's the only way to really survive in the in the music industry because uh, you're right you know repeating the same songs uh, the the more people start writing or the more people start writing more songs the more favor new favorites we're gonna have somebody wrote flor de las flores who knows when somebody wrote volver and uh you know write your own Volver. <laughs> right. Uh, that's that's so, what we should be focusing on. And that's exactly why I think having this podcast is so important for so many people who are not just starting in music, but just have, you know, the big boys in the music come out and say, this is the way. Because people do start off and they get discouraged and they're like, what am I doing? And they just kind of sometimes even and really sadly decide that they don't want to move forward with their with their dreams. And so they need to hear from you, Carlos, and they need to hear from all these people coming on that's been there and done that because they can tell you that we've had people who have been seasoned musicians or artists and people are just starting. And now that they actually like have listened to that, I'll get a lot of responses and say, when so-and-so said that, it just completely inspired me to want to continue to keep doing my thing. And that is such an amazing gift that you can give those words to people who are starting off because it, it's true. It's if you're doing the right thing, then the, the you know it'll follow. Just like what Darren had said in the last podcast that we did, it was as long as you're doing things for the right reason, 
The rest of it will come in time. You just need to appreciate your talent, do what you're doing, and all of that follows. And it, it shows the energy is is there. You can feel that connection, that um, that sureness, or what is it, that um, confidence that you display where you come out and it really makes people really just enjoy the music even more because you're not trying to prove a point. You're doing what you're doing because that's what, what's within you. And I just think that's what makes you such an amazing artist. Like even like a little a music guru that you're tying <laughs> people stuff. So you're not just a, a comedian and you're not just an artist and a songwriter, but you also have a lot of experience and wisdom to give people that they can grow on in this industry or whatever else they want to do, even if it's not music. People listen to you for comedy and might be discouraged and be like, I could never do that, but really have the desire to do so. And for you to be able to be that inspiration just kind of gives you that notch in the belt and that, you know, that self-fulfillment and and what you're doing is really making a difference, not just to New Mexico artists, but to so many people out there. And so it's just this extraordinary talent that you have. Hi, this is Darren Cordova, inviting you to listen to my good friend, Andrea Michelle, to get the latest on what's happening in New Mexico music. How old were you when you started with this music, with this adventure? Well, I was seven years old when I started playing. I remember my first gig was at El Pueblo Bar in El Pueblo, New Mexico. So I grew up in Rivera, a suburb of Rivera, actually. It's called El Coruco, very prestigious, you no know, gated community. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my my dad had, we had a family band, my dad, my brothers, and uh, one of my cousins. And that's really where everything started. Um, it it was a passion of mine for forever. And I'd say about 20 years ago, it became a full-time venture. I... Um, just realized that there was, you know, there, there was a thing and uh, I should probably just devote my life to it. I had already devoted most of it to music anyway, so might as well continue. And that's right around the time that, um, you know, we started El Trio Los Gallos and started playing regularly. I think at one point we were probably playing five, six nights a week. Wow. And so it became apparent, you know, this is, this could be, um, this could be a way to, to, to live. Uh, recorded the first album that did really good. We had Mi Amigo Soldado. I remember we won Songwriter of the Year mm. for that here at the New Mexico Hispano Music Awards. And, you know, it, it sold pretty good. I, I realized uh, over the years that, you know, it, it wasn't difficult to sell 10, 12,000 units back then when you could sell CDs. And that's a pretty good, you know, you multiply that by 10 and it, it gives you a good base to uh, to run a, a business. You know, you can, you can pay musicians, you can um, travel, you can rent hotels. And so it really just becomes uh, a good basis for, 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 I mean, the math works out, you know. Right. Uh, it's a little different now that CDs don't sell, but and then we can't play. So that's the importance of writing your own music is that now when you can't perform live, when you CDs are really a thing of the past now, the only way 
to really generate income is through through royalties and right. uh, if you write your own music well you'll have that luxury of yeah. being able to collect royalties so you know fast forward we uh we had the trio one day we were hired we used to do a lot of weddings you know for the reception people mm -hmm. would eat we'd mm -hmm. stroll around and it just became a it became a like a I started kind of writing these ideas down that I would get at, at different gigs. You know, I noticed that people, when when they're eating and you engage them, you know, they, they get excited, yeah. whether it's at a restaurant or a, or a reception. It's and such a treat. Just you know, being able to, to relate with people who... It's vulnerable, you know, when you're eating. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's a very... Uh, it's a very, very vulnerable state, mm -hmm. you know, to be sitting down and have somebody in front of you singing as you chew and swallow. <laughs> uh, and so one day I realized that if I had a CD to put on this table and I played a song that was recorded on that CD, I wonder what my chances would be of that selling. Mm -hmm. So that's when I realized that every gig from that point back that I did, I lost out on all those sales. Right. So it became my mission to record a CD, and then we did. We recorded it at, uh, at Darren Cordova's studio, my first CD, Mi Amigo Soldado. And uh, as soon as it came in, you know, it sold out because uh, we had a very unique way of, of approaching people, you know, versus having to take 20 or 30 to a music store leave it there till it sells, maybe on consignment, maybe sell it for, you know, half of what you would at a gig. Mm -hmm. I figured out a way that I could get in front of my customer, in front of a fan, play a song, and then say, by the way, it's on my CD. And uh, I found that when whenever we played from that point on, if I just put a stack of CDs on the table, the second somebody picks it up, they start going through it. They start reading the songs. Chances are we played a song that was on the CD. Mm -hmm. And is that, this, is that this song? Yeah, that's that song. And they're like, well, how much is it? It's uh, $10. So the first CD came out, second, third. And I remember one particular gig we were hired to play for a, for a wedding, for the reception. So we played, it was at the Civic Center in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Uh, my friend Cynthia Martinez used to own it. And anyway, we were playing and, you know, it was like from four to six and then the dance start, you know, that the typical, mm -hmm. the typical wedding, you know. And uh, I started noticing around 530, well, this band must really, really be good at setting up <laughs> <laughs> or something happened. Yeah. So then six rolls around and now the bride and groom are like pacing, looking out the doors and... Uh, and oh then we were done God. playing, you know, four to six, six o'clock came over and, uh, you know, he went and we're talking to the bride and groom and she's, she's crying now. She's like, the band hasn't shown up and they don't answer. And I don't know who the band was, but, uh, she's like, I don't know what we're going to do. So we were in Las Vegas. Uh, there was three of us. I think, uh, I think that gig, it was like me, Eddie Herrera and maybe, uh, Daniel Martinez mm -hmm. was playing guitarron at the time. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, my good friend Ralph Marquez lives in Las Vegas. So I told the bride, look, 
there's a break from six to eight. Let me see what I can do to see, you know, see if I could find somebody that would come and maybe had a little sound system or something. So it worked out. Ralph, he's a drummer, was able to make it. That is awesome. And we ended up playing the the dance oh too. Gosh. And it was this kind of like, uh, you know, save the no save kidding. the event type of thing. So from that point on, I realized. Well, here's another opportunity. Here's something else I can offer that nobody else can. If you're going to get married, you can hire me to play as you walk down the aisle with a trio. We'll play for your reception while people eat. We'll take a break. We'll come back and play your wedding. And, you know, at that time, maybe it was like, maybe you were paying uh, two, $3,000 for you know some of the popular bands and everybody else was getting maybe a thousand bucks well i was able to do your whole wedding for 1500 bucks and that was a deal to people you know this guy can come while i walk down the aisle this guy can play at the reception at your wedding And, and then you know they're all set up for the wedding so in my mind you know those became like packages options that i could offer customers because that's another thing we have a uh a problem with is we don't realize that this is a business just like anything else and until you start treating it that way you're not going to get the benefits from it that that you should and it's not all business you know that's the cool thing about uh, you know being a an artist is that sometimes as an artist you you don't pay attention to the business side of it and, and you have to and, and it's hard you know most artists are uh, are right-brained and it's all creative, but you need to uh, you need to to realize like this is a business. This is a if if you want to make it the way you pay your bills and and eat, you're gonna have to pay attention to that side of it too. So all these things became options that I was able to offer customers, uh, whether it was you know Juan and Lucia getting married or the owners <laughs> of a restaurant or corporate gigs or whatever um and you know it just developed into that you know the second the third the third cd came so now you know i had a bigger stack to put on tables and you start realizing that you know every every sale is a sale man every every sale is is an opportunity to get your music out so now i had three cds and then we moved to five and then um you know, you, you're playing at tables now and it's like, okay, it's three for 20 instead of $10 each. And that became another option. And, you know, it sounds, it sounds weird that, that you're thinking this way, but, but it's important to the musician, to, to you as an artist, you need to figure out, you need to have a plan, right? How it is you're gonna make it this year. You know, if back then when it was cds well it was like okay if i can sell ten thousand units this year at ten dollars that's a hundred thousand dollars that people spend 40 hours 60 hours a week to make that kind of income right and i mean it may not be instant it might not be every month that might not be every gig but those are goals you need to set you need to figure out ways of promoting your music and pushing it so right. that so that it does sell and they're they're just building blocks, you know, so you know, and 
that is such valuable advice, especially for a musician and an artist to look at, because a lot of times they don't even look that far. But to think that far means you're going to ensure that you're going to be successful in what you set out to do. You do all of this, but you're also very giving. And I was going to save this for like later on in the podcast, but I can plug this in here because I, we know for a fact how generous you, generous, I can't talk generous, generous <laughs> you are as well to do you know, benefits. I've seen you there doing benefits for uh, cancer patients and knowing that it's completely by just you just doing it and showing up for birthday parties, singing Las Marianitas for somebody. Um, even just with the CD release that you did for Grupo Divino, you put your time and your effort into that. And it's just like you do give back to your community. It's not all about just making that profit for you. I've seen you so many times more than not say, I'll do it. And actually show up and deliver and be be just a hundred percent. Sometimes you don't get that with. I mean, we stand back and we've seen, especially within the music. There's people who go out there and they're like, oh, "I'm just doing this and I'm just gonna do it really quick." But you give everything, your comedy, everything, every single time that you've got out there, you deliver. Like if it's a pangaea, it's not, and that speaks volumes for an artist or for a musician to be able to do that. To save that woman's wedding is huge because I mean that's a big deal. Music is a big deal for celebration and you recognizing that we're able to step in and you know it's only right that people compensate and that's something that people don't kind of get is how hard it actually is to put all of this stuff together and to make sure you're doing your part because you still need to buy gas or whatever it costs and people kind of shortchange musicians sometimes so for you to say that and say this is my this is my um, strategy this is what I need to go off shows the professionalism and everything that you've put into your art and that's just another plus for you. You've also, I mean, you're not just a musician and artist. You're acting. Um, you're, you have some amazing stuff that you've done in the past. Can you talk about the most recent things with acting and what we need to look out for? And we're going to get into the comedy too, but I, I got ahead of myself. I got all well, excited. <clears throat> recently, we've been doing uh, a lot of different campaigns for, well, like for COVID. Uh, recently, we did the... Uh, for Rio Arriba County, actually, it was mm. for the census. Mm -hmm. We we helped uh, sign up over a thousand families, which over thirty years translates to a hundred million dollars. Yeah, for Rio Arriba County, mm -hmm. and uh, I I was fortunate enough to work on that project with my friend Lauren Poole, which a lot of people know as Lynette. Uh, she's from uh, from well, she lives in Albuquerque. I see originally, you meet that girl from Santa Fe, yeah. and. Uh, so it's been a lot of projects like that. We did a COVID project for the city of Santa Fe, and uh, we're working on a on another um, episodic project uh, with with some local municipalities, where we it's gonna be kind of like an adventure series, and uh, That's so cool. uh, it's Lauren and I are hosting it, and so we're gonna go to like places that people don't typically think of when you come to Santa Fe kind of off the beaten path stuff and just to show just to show that you know there's so many hidden gems in new mexico oh my so god that I love it, that. that's uh that's gonna start here probably at the end of the summer oh, nice and um we're really looking forward to uh, to that project hopefully it'll take us uh throughout the whole state and with projects like that it's easy to you know incorporate music like my comedy for instance she's a musician too her her band will be involved in that 
and just uh, just a lot of opportunity for uh, for for different artists to to collaborate with us on on the series. And my goal or my my hope is that uh, a series like this might end up making it to like a Saturday or Sunday morning lineup for local uh, our local media channels. Love it. Uh, and you know it's just a way to showcase the That's state exciting. and uh, it's going to be a bilingual show so I'm, I'm super excited about that um i'm working on a animated series for my comedy uh with graviel and donamic <laughs> i've been you know very uh fortunate to have met a lot of people over the years who are talented in 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 the areas that i'm not <laughs> which which are which are many <laughs> but uh uh, animated, an animated series has always been a, a, a dream of mine, and it looks like it, it's coming uh, true every day. Another project I'm very excited and happy to to be doing too is uh, I'm doing commercials for a local restaurant, uh, the Sopaipia Factory. Oh no way! Yes, the owner reached out to me, and uh, him and his wife are very uh, big fans of, of comedy. You know, Gabriel so and Tia Lola, so. Yeah, you know, be listening. Actually, the the first uh, radio spots are playing on Que Dice. Awesome. So so make sure and uh, okay. and and be on the lookout for those. And we're working on some some video content for the restaurant, and uh, probably we'll end up with live music at at their uh, covered patio out there that in Pohuacan. That is Pohake. so cool. Uh, so. See, you're it, always busy. You always been, have something exciting happening. I well, love it's it. It's interesting how all these things work work together you know the music the acting the video uh having the platform that that i have on facebook and, and instagram is, is certainly you know it, it makes the difference and i'm so grateful for every single fan that uh that you know has followed or liked or clicked or shared videos uh, whether it's music or comedy but uh Amp concerts too has mm-hmm. been very instrumental, especially this year in keeping my my music and my comedy and my brand out there. I did what do you think four or five shows during the the COVID mm-hmm. the COVID season. Yeah. They were all virtual. Unfortunately, you know people couldn't couldn't be there. But uh, a shout out to Amp Concerts for uh, Those are for awesome. always including me right. in, in their their productions. And we have like. Three upcoming you had something shows that with you them. yeah and you know it's just the professionalism and the videography that goes behind that it, especially even with your your music video like I that's my my favorite to look at just the animation and the absolutely in yeah. that is just so thanks to uh, to Meow Wolf for for that right uh, my uh, my collaboration with them I'm forever grateful for everybody that ever worked on anything that had to do with. Uh, with El Cantador or the All Fierce brand, um, it was certainly a, a, a big boost for me in my in my career. Yeah. Um, the video, the No Le Digan video yeah. with puppets and lowriders yeah. and <laughs> and uh, mariachis. What a what a you know, that was so, so awesome to to be a part of. And uh, thanks to Cron out there, he's probably listening. <laughs> the guy that directed the video. Nice. Um, I was going to say, as far as, uh, you know, giving of your time, it's important to give back. Uh, it certainly has been easier lately because, you know, of all the support that 
that I've received over the years. I judged an event for uh, Santa Fe Prep. Mm. They they had a lip sync uh, <laughs> lip sync battle uh, gala to raise uh, raise funds to help with scholarships uh, nice. for for kids to go to Santa Fe Prep, and uh, it, it was um, it was a great event. You know, uh, well put together, well produced, and I think they hit their goal. So for me, that was you know, three or four hours of my evening last night, but it was worth it because it's going to benefit a bunch of, uh, a bunch of local students and, right. and, you know, it's a great school and hopefully, uh, you know, more students can go there and, and move on to, uh, to their college of their choice and, you know, becoming whatever it is they want to be. So a little, a little bit of my time is worth it to think that it's going to benefit uh, kids especially yeah that's awesome that is so valuable especially the way that you've given back and like I said we've seen that so many times you know everybody wants to hear we know you're so talented in so many ways especially the music but we want to know about and that people are going to say this comedy how did you start were you the class clown growing up <laughs> where like how did this begin this because everybody can totally identify I have a tia Lola like I you know what I mean and literally I she's She's not alive anymore, but I had the Tia Lola. Everyone has a Dama Mick. You know, it's just so amazing to see, especially in the Norte, like how our families can identify. What Before you tell me about that, the most amazing thing to me, again, not just with the music that can reach, but people who are in service or not across seas, they're not here, get so homesick that they use your comedy as medicine to help them be where they're at because being homesick my uncle for example in Germany he loves you so much because it brings him home and that is so you know we might travel but we always have our roots here in New Mexico we're very magical people and for them to be able to listen to that and be like oh my gosh and just like I mean love it it's such another gift that you give back with your comedy so tell us how did that all begin with your comedy well it probably began a lot earlier than I even new because like growing up I'd hear voices which isn't a, isn't a very good thing that's another podcast uh, and that's actually that's another project uh, we'll get there uh, thanks to uh, to some of my friends in, in Santa Fe that, that'll eventually become a one man show uh, that we're working on now but uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been interesting because uh, I was able to take something negative and, and turn it into, you know, the comedy for me is like the therapy. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it it just dawned on me one day that maybe I should just start recording what's going on in my head. And that was the the very first upload ever to YouTube. It was called, uh, What Are You Doing? And I, you know, I just really did it for, there was like no reason to do it other than I just thought it'd be interesting to, to see what happens, you know. If, if I record these voices and what I'm hearing. And so put it on YouTube and um, maybe 40 people listened to it the first night. And, and then uh, like the next night, maybe there was 180. And so I thought, well, you know, some people are enjoying it. Uh, really a lot of comments about like where, where this duo was from. And... Then the third day, there's like a thousand, and then it just, it went crazy, you know, so I, I thought, well, I'll do another one, 
and that one did pretty good too and so then I realized well it seems like people are enjoying it so I'll, I'll keep doing it and then I think I uploaded the uh, the Tio Jafindio <laughs> skit and that was pretty much when yeah. I realized well this this is another thing yeah <laughs> um, and so it just gave me a, a whole new fan base nice. uh, you know that was YouTube back then. Facebook had just kind of started. I think it was like in two, maybe 2000, 2008. I don't know. Uh, yeah, about 2008, I think, was the first upload. And um, Facebook really took to it, you know. And so here we go again. It it, it became a thing. I'd, I'd start, I'd be playing in places and... Uh, for a long time, people didn't realize that Graviel and Donimic was, you know, me. Yeah. So all the voices, all the characters are just, you know, in, in my head. You're like an Eddie Murphy <laughs> of New Mexico. That's <laughs> what you I, are. <laughs> I, uh, I, started, um, I started recording them and, uh, and just, you know, I started building a world. Uh, I would say it's... You know, for those of us that grew up watching it, like it's similar to The Simpsons. You know, you, yeah. you have your core characters, and then you just start building a world. And I realized the the world I was building was very, it was very similar to, to the world I grew up in. And um, so, yeah, you know, it just it just took off. The interesting thing was that people didn't realize I was the the musician was the comedian and. I played on that for a long, long time. Yeah. I, I remember a specific time uh, I was at a party. Yeah, we had played for like a a birthday reception or something. And you know how parties go, bro. You, you're you done playing and then somebody's like, hey, bro, you want to go to the chante? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. And so I was like, okay, let's go. Well, this time we ended up in somebody's shop. And, uh, you know, I walked in dressed the way we dressed for playing boots cowboy hat usually a blazer and um you know they're playing music and the, the guy who invited me there is playing like, like norteño music and uh, i was just relaxing you know we had just finished playing so i was just being just kind of hanging hanging back a, a little bit so he comes up to me he goes oh yeah bro so don't you like the music i'm playing no it's it's great music man i i I'm digging and I just, you know, I'm just kind of chilling out. And then they change it to country and he comes back to me again. Oh, she don't like country either. And this is the guy that invited me. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, this guy is like really <laughs> like a little bit concerned about me having a good time. So then all of a sudden I hear, hi, what are you doing? And. You know, they were playing my, my first... By that time, I had already recorded my first comedy CD. Uh -huh. And sure enough, he comes up to me and goes, Bro, have you ever heard this guy? <laughs> and I thought, That's I'm not. Awesome. I'm going to play I'm gonna play along with this guy. And I'm like, no, I haven't. And he goes, bro, this guy is badass, bro. He He's funny. Watch, listen to him. And I'd listen and he goes what do you think eh, it's all right you know he didn't know i was that guy <laughs> That's so cool. and he goes what do you mean it's all right and he goes, yeah i mean it, it's it's okay i said you know I, <laughs> I'm, it, it's all right and he was like 
So that that point, he was already at the point well, where he wanted to knock you yeah, out. Yeah, well, he he got mad. <laughs> he goes, bro. You know, I invited you here to have a good time, and and you know, you you didn't like the music. No, I did. I said I like the music. I'm just kind of like relaxing. He goes, you don't like this comedy. Why don't you like this comedy? So I thought I'm gonna take this another level. I said because that guy sucks. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. I told him I I don't like it. I I I've heard it before, and I just I don't like that guy. And he started getting mad. No, he wanted so to then, fight you. And then, <laughs> so well, yeah, I was getting to that point. Like, uh, okay, bro. Well, if you're not having a good time, maybe you should leave. And then I tell him, you know what? Maybe you should. What are you doing? And he's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> No way, bro. That's me, I told him. That's my comedy. And he's like, Allah, babe. He calls his <laughs> wife, bro. And he couldn't believe. Like, so that story, <laughs> that was cool. like, uh, I almost got my ass kicked for not liking myself. <laughs> uh, oh, that's hilarious. He couldn't believe it. Like, he was just, he, bro, I, I would have never known that was the same guy. So little by little stuff like that started happening. And then. More and more people realize, well, that's that's the same guy. So just like the trio becoming a band, you know, saving that wedding. Well, now now I have the trio, the band, and this comedy. And, um, you know, the uploads got, got more and more attention. And one day I get a phone call, and it's this, uh, this gringo from uh, Santa Fe. And he's like, hey, man, my name is Max. And uh, I'm producing a show in, in Santa Fe, and you know, we'd like to know if you'd like to do stand-up. And I was like, stand-up? It never occurred to me to do stand-up. To me, it was just about the skits. And uh, at the time, I was living uh, out, out east, like in the southeast part of the state. And, and I thought, man, from here to Santa Fe is like three hours. And he's like, we have like $150 to pay you. I thought, okay, I told him, I'll do it. And I figured, well, if I leave here from at 4, I'll be there at 7. I was going to be the first comedian, you know, the opener, 10 minutes in and out. And I, I figured, I'll take 10 CDs with me. I don't know why I didn't take all of them with me. <laughs> but I figured, if I can sell 10 CDs, that's 150 bucks. That'll pay for my gas, my room. And, you know, I'll pocket 150 bucks from my first comedy gig, so... Uh, so I did it, you know, well, I posted it on Facebook, I'm doing a comedy show, and so I drive out here, and, and I got here, it was like, like 6.45, bro, like, it 15 minutes to park on the underground garage, it was at, uh, what was the name of that bar? Skylight, it's not there no more, but, uh, it was, it was a skylight, and, and so I parked in the garage, and I thought, well, five bucks for parking, uh, I'll, I'll still be okay. <laughs> so I walk down, walk in, and I meet up with this guy, Max. And he's like, hey, dude, there's a change of plans, man. It's like, uh, apparently a lot of people know that you're going to be here. And the weird thing is, as I'm walking down San Francisco Avenue, there's like people in a line, and they're all doing this, you know, giving me the, what are you doing? <laughs> and I still didn't realize, like, like, I, I still was thinking, okay, 7 to 7.10, I'll do my set and, and leave. 
And the, the guy's like, well, apparently all these people are here to see you. He goes, is there any way you'd be willing to go last? And can you do 30 minutes? And I was like, well, okay. I told him. Oh I, I didn't know, you know, how much 30 minutes for stand-up means. So I I sat down in the crowd and um, started watching. You know, the first comedian comes out and... You know, he was really good. The second one, she was really good. And then the third comedian, it's this guy named Scotty Goff. Formerly from uh, Laughs Comedy Club. Uh, he's done Comedy Central. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scotty Goff. And this guy comes out and he's like, a la ve, dude. This guy is <laughs> badass. Just from the first word to the last word, everybody's laughing. And he's making like, noises and people are and I was like well, I'm <laughs> like all I have is hi what are you doing <laughs> and so then he's he's there talking and then and then he goes well you know you guys get ready for the next comedian uh, I think it's his first time on stage and you know so then they introduce me and I walk out and I was like I was floored it was so crazy because Typically, a comedian will work years to to even, like, be able to... It's hard. Comedy's hard. If yeah. you think music is hard, comedy's hard because it's just you and, and it's, it is a different thing, you know. Usually, I'm behind the mic with an accordion, two or three guys on the stage, and this is... It's you. It's you with a mic and... And you have to make people laugh. <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing was that by that time I had already, uh, I had already made my first comedy CD, and my uploads had, you know, had yeah. done really well. A lot of people had heard him. So, the people that were coming to my shows were already expecting. They already knew what to expect, and and thirty five minutes went by, and. I had no experience about about uh, doing stand-up. I had no clue that when they're shining the light, you have like a minute, and then when they shine it again, you should be off stage. So I think I went like an hour, and I'm like, <laughs> they're flashing the light, and they're thinking like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Well, I didn't know because I'm not a stand-up comedian. I'm a storyteller, and I had the luxury of the power of the internet of, of Facebook and social media that goes to show you how powerful it is that I was able to create an audience before I had even done a show. And I'm so grateful for that phenomenon because that night, you know, they, because of the internet, because of social media, they knew I was going to be there. They showed up and they already knew what to expect. So every story, every, um, Every reference, every colloquialism was a hit because they had already seen it and now they were experiencing it firsthand. So that show, I met a lady named Linda who was producing. A, back in that time, these reality shows were were strong. She was producing a, a, a movie in Santa Fe and uh, she came up to me after the show, gives me her card and tells me, I want to work with you. I think your content is perfect for a reality show. So for two years, I sent her content. I sent her videos and stories and uh, 
music and videos from behind the scenes as we travel around the state playing. And uh, one day I get a script in the mail, and it's a script for a, for a sitcom, a wow. TV show. And uh, things started progressing really fast with, with them. You know, they wanted to, to, to put together a production. And, uh, you know, I started talking to different people who are responsible for different things. And long story short, you know, it, it, it was like, okay, here's an offer. We want to turn your your story into a in, into a sitcom. Um, that same night, I met the guy who would eventually introduce me to Vince Karlubek, this who who would eventually become the CEO of Meow Wolf. And uh, I also met the person who introduced me to George R. R. Martin. And that night, there was someone else in the audience who was responsible for hiring people at uh, the low and slow mm. at the bar at the low and slow so uh, we started coming back to Santa Fe more and more often this opportunity in California with, with this producer lady started growing and growing and then uh, I realized that they were wanting to change the story a little bit so I wasn't too comfortable with that I would have had to move to California. I would have had to given up a lot of like a, a lot of control. So one day I get a call and they're like, oh, "We saw you at at uh, at the uh, the skylight," and uh, they knew I was a musician. And I guess they heard my music. And this person was like, "We we'd like for you to come and do a a Tuesday uh, night show at 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 the uh, at the Lowenslow." Actually, you know who 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 vouched for me for that gig was Ernie Montoya. Oh wow! This these people called Ernie, asking to see if they were interested, but it wasn't quite the right fit for them. Uh -huh. So he gave them my number, and I guess that person ended up going to my comedy show. So that's how I got called. So cool, so ordained, so like synchronicity, you know, falling in the right place. Go ahead. So then. Uh, we end up coming to play at Low and Slow, and maybe I played there two or three times, and it did really well. And uh, the the next time we came down, you know, we 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 got ready to play, and uh, at that at that point they were hiring us two nights a week, so we would we would stay at at the Hotel Chimayo, and then uh, it was around Fourth of July weekend, and so. Uh, that night was different from all the other nights because uh, we we get there and we you know we start playing and all of a sudden these two two women walk into the club and I remember I was singing El Rey <laughs> and these these two women walk in and I was just like in the middle of singing and and I caught one of the girl's eyes you know and I just thought to myself like oh my gosh I I like I need to meet this girl. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> no, well, this is where I mean, we've been waiting for this. Okay, sorry, I'm interrupting. So, uh, um, sure enough, you know, I finished the song. They had sat down, and or even before you sat down, I think I went up to her and I, I, uh, I, I just took like a stack of CDs <laughs> and I just told her, um, you know, hold hold these, and then I gave her my tip <laughs> jar and I said, we'll go sing to you in a little bit. 
So yeah, obviously the song had ended because I couldn't have said all those things while I was singing. <laughs> and then what she's... did you think, Christina, <laughs> when well, he did that? Or y'all? I, I didn't know he sang. Like <laughs> I, I followed his comedy. Yeah, <laughs> and so I had started to see him. I I heard of his his comedy years before, and then I started to see him on Facebook. I was really never on Facebook before, and um, just hearing his voice and like actually seeing him. I was like, that's that guy. That's that comedy guy. So then um, then he he made a post and he said, I'm going to be singing, you know, at low and slow at 6 o'clock. So we had the day off and I asked my friend Jen. I said, let's um, let's go hear some music. There's that, that, this comedy guy I follow. I, I didn't know he sang, so let's go check him out. And I had no idea he could sing. So when I walked in, you know, he's standing there singing and I couldn't even, like my eyes were just so wide and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like I didn't, I guess I had never heard a voice like that. And so I just kind of like, we made eye contact and I just got nervous. <laughs> I, I, I sat we, down. We, at, we made a baby with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down and, and he, he, after he finished singing, he came over to the table and um, he did, He's like, hey, watch my CDs in my tip jar. I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then so um, he sang to us. And uh, I have a confession to make. I don't know Spanish. <laughs> so he was asking what, uh, what, what I wanted to hear. I'm like, uh, and he's like, happy Saturday drinking song. I'm like, drinking? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> We're at a bar. And that was it. Um we stayed, I think we got there at six and he played till about 10, played forever. And then we all walked, uh, to have dinner after. And, um, one of the cutest stories, uh, I sat next to him at dinner and he was talking really quietly and I couldn't hear him. So I kept having to lean into him to, and I'd say, what, wait, sorry, what? I can't hear you. And uh, he said, I, I can't talk very loud because I'll lose my voice and I have to sing tomorrow. But that was just a, <laughs> that was just a great line. It was just to get her to lean in. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. So. <laughs> and, and happy Saturday drinking. So that, that's another, another, um, like another way that I would approach people. It's like sometimes when you're eating, the last thing you want to do is talk to somebody that's like trying to ask you what song do you want to hear like bro i don't want to hear a song i'm hungry leave me alone <laughs> it's probably what they're thinking so i don't know where when it happened but at some point i came up with that line of like hey how's it going i know you guys are eating i don't want to interrupt but we want to do a song for you you guys like happy Saturday drinking songs and that totally will diffuse anybody and so now they can just answer, play a happy one, bro. Yeah. It's Friday. We worked all week. Play a drinking one. My vieja left me. <laughs> uh, you know, play a sad one because yeah. whatever they're going through. Uh, and just like the, I, I can't talk too loud because I'll lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I remember the first time that I met Christina. I think we were at Low and, what is it called? Low, low and Slow. slow. Uh -huh. I don't know. If we're there watching, we're probably there watching. I know we we're performing somewhere on the plaza, but I automatically just loved her because yeah. she was very warm and I just was drawn to her. I'm like really big on energy and she's so positive. And for a successful man, 
it takes a really chingona woman to stand by his side and push him because you can come through a lot of different things. And I just think Christina is so consistent in that. I see her there all the time, very, very involved in your career and supporting you. And just, I mean, not just a hundred percent, but 200% is what I've seen. And she's just an amazing person. You're so blessed to have such an amazing woman stand by. And I don't say that because I'm considered one of my, my dearest friends. I love Christina so much. We've really clicked on so many yes, levels, but she's just a dynamic woman to just do what she's been there with you the whole time. And sometimes it's difficult for people in the music, for spouses, for, you know, dating, whatever it is. It's not something that's easy because there's a lot of eyes there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of temptation and it goes on and on. So it takes a very confident, badass woman to sit there and be like, I mean, and Christina's not the kind that's over there watching your every freaking move. She's so laid back. She's there with her wine. She's by the <laughs> merchandise table. We'll go take, we'll go get some drinks. And she's totally, and she's just there a hundred percent, like just completely connected into what you're doing. And, I just think that it's such an amazing thing. And that's why I really wanted to talk to Christina as well and just kind of get like the whole thing. Like, do you find it hard having Carlos Medina, Gabriel de la Plaga, as a boyfriend, as a spouse, as a partner in life? Like, is that difficult for you? Or is it something that has had its moments? But I just, I just see you myself as this amazing, confident woman. So talk to me a little bit about how that has been for you. Um, well, I think it's because we're so different from each other, like completely different. Um, I'm, I work in finance. I'm very structured. I'm very organized. I, you know, like to go to bed at a certain time every night. I clean house every Saturday. I, you know, I'm very structured. And um, once I met Carlos, that all went out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every night, I think the first few years that we were together, he played so much and, and had so many things going on. And I, you know, I think I did really well keeping up with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but having to maintain my own career and my own functions and duties as I have as, as a mother and, you know, right, sister, daughter, everything. Um, I definitely had to learn balance. And um, I'm thankful that he's also very involved in my life. You know, he's been so good to my son, my mom, my entire family. Um, so... As much as I've given to him, he's given to me too. So I think that's just where the balance comes in. And um, it did get hard. I, I, you know, I do get tired. I think this whole COVID year let me relax and just chill out. I and, think we needed it. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, so I think this whole COVID year, him and I, I mean, there was always so much going on. We got to know each other this year. Like uh, we really got right. to know each other. I mean... I would be at work uh, 40 hours a week. I'd get home, go to a gig. You know, we really never had a chance to, like, talk. I mean, yeah, we did. But but now for right. COVID, when we were forced to be home and forced to be together 24 hours a day, you know, I think now I can say, like, I we really, really know each other well. And I think that's so true with COVID. Like, mm-hmm. it did that with so many people and so many families. It put things in a different perspective mm-hmm. for so many of us to be, like, wait, who are you again? <laughs> and reconnect on that yeah. level, which I think we really needed. And I guess that's a good term. We re- re- reconnected on a totally different level because it was one thing for so for so long, right. and then it was 
something else and, and nothing else. Mm, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's not difficult. He's, he's really easy. Um, again, we're so, so different from each other. We don't, we don't ever fight or we don't, we don't ever argue. Um, we talk a lot. It's cause she's always right. Yes. <laughs> See these? She's like, yes, we've established. That. I'm always right. Um, I think my favorite thing um, about our relationship, or just meeting him in general, is the people that I've met. So you, um, I've met so many wonderful people, um, made so many good friends. Um, I've gone places. I've done things. I mean, before I met him, I was not sheltered, but I, I didn't do a whole lot, mm-hmm. and so. I've got to experience a lot and um, actually do things. You know, I life's not about being structured, and I don't have to have the house spotless, and I don't have to. Well, the house, but not under the tub. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just I've really learned to let go and really learn to enjoy life more. That's awesome. Since he came into my life, she got to go to Mora. <laughs> I love Mora. Mora's beautiful. She had never been yeah, there. She's like, I really like Mora now. That's like, that's all my crazy people up there. They're, they're the fun people. Yeah, those I love Mora. Um, no, and just laughing. Just, I mean, he's. I have a smile on my face every day, or an eye roll. But <laughs> that's um, my boyfriend. Yeah, that's every time he like says something or does like something, I'm like. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> I love it. I even yeah. love your guys' videos and everything. You guys make my heart happy. I yeah. love to watch it. And like I said, from the beginning that I even got to meet you, it was just an instantaneous, mm-hmm. you know, click you. because uh-huh. you're just this an amazing person and you have this positive grounding energy. And I think a lot of times when people are like busy, mm-hmm. they need that in their mm-hmm. life. They need those people that kind of ground them. Be oh, like, I'm the grounder. No. Yeah. And yeah. you need that. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's so cool. I love her. She's my new best friend. I'm He's like, calm down. <laughs> and, um, and then I just love the talent. I have zero talent. Um, I bet you do. I don't. I promise <laughs> I don't. Uh, and I just love the art. And I just, I love the beauty of everything. And um, I've, I've learned something from each and every person that I've met through Carlos. And um, I keep telling you to get back into modeling. Get oh, into no. modeling. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm Do <joking>. some jewelry <laughs> modeling or something. I swear it. I've told you before. Um, That's another episode. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm just thankful. Um, I lived a pretty quiet life before I met Carlos. And then I think at first it was really, really crazy. And then now it's... Was that an adjustment itself? It just was, being like, wait a second. Yeah. Excitement. Yeah, but yeah. It, like, whoa. Yeah. Like, but I Quick. had total fear of missing out all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I don't, I think anymore, I don't, I, I don't think I make every show, you know, I'll miss out on a few here and there, but... But when you're there, you're there 100%. Oh, yeah, I love sure. it. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's so important for whoever is in, in you know music or whatever it is, that they have that other person that supports them and really mm-hmm. goes forward with them because it could really stop a person in their tracks and say, well, maybe, you know, and discourage them from going forward. And that definitely has never been mm-hmm. you. You've been there so consistently. And, and again, too, with Carlos, like you say, you guys are a beautiful partnership and you guys mm-hmm. work together very well and... I am just very lucky to have you guys in in mine and Anthony's lives because you guys are so awesome and so I are just you guys. I just want to know a little bit more like is there a favorite song that you have that Cardos does for you is like do you guys have a song? <laughs> uh, he's been writing one <laughs> for six years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I love them all. Um, probably Nola Ligon is my favorite. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, when they were filming the music video, I was there. So I got to see it be filmed. And, so neat. Yeah. It just has a different... Yeah. A different feel. Um, yeah. That's... That's so that's cool. That's my favorite song. There is so much happening right now. Do you think COVID was a really big, um, not just was it a time to reflect, but do you think that it definitely put us in a different perspective as far as music and going forward? Do you think things are needing to be done differently now? Or are, are you seeing changes now after COVID that things start to get back to normal, per se, normal, whatever normal is now? Yeah, well, I mean... There's going to be, definitely, there's changes. We, we figured, we found out that it is possible to uh, to to continue even under, uh, I mean, a complete lockdown, basically, which was what we were under for right. almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the there, there's going to be some difficulties with moving forward as to, like, well, what's allowed, Um that that's going to be interesting nobody really knows you know what exactly we're we're supposed to do in in venues or or in uh, you know the, whether it's indoor or outdoor but i mean aside from those specifics i think covid made us realize that um how how much of a luxury it was to go out Right. To go out to a restaurant, to go out to a theater. That's so true. And it, I think it changed everything forever. I think right before COVID hit, we were at one of your comedy shows, and then it like hit like 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 within that month. Mm-hmm. And I was like so excited to take like my sisters to the next one and all this, and then COVID hit, and we were like, yes, we can't go to and, that one. And here we are, still but here, waiting yeah. for <laughs> yeah. theaters to open. And, right. But I think it is gonna. It has changed everything forever you know and and change is inevitable and i think it's caused people to come up with you know it's forced us to find other ways amen to and, God, it has. you know not being able to uh to, to perform live has led to perfecting the ability to perform uh virtually i have a, a music and comedy show for uh, uh new mexico highlands university and it's all going to be done virtual it's called yeah. covid palooza oh wow and, uh, you know, you have to figure it out. How are we going to uh, look at Daniel Gallegos? You know, just he, he admitted it himself. You know, I started getting depressed because I couldn't play. So mm-hmm. I started just doing live live Facebook you by myself for mm-hmm. I don't know how many weeks. And then he started inviting people. Right. And I think he's probably going on his 60th show now. Yeah. So... You know, there was a there was a need and people figure out ways to fill it. And you can either spend your time at home crying about not being able to perform or figure out a way to to put your your product out, your your talent out there. And um, hey, you know, kudos to everybody who's who's done it. Here we are doing this this podcast. I don't know that this podcast would have happened if not for COVID. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if you were doing it before COVID. No. See, we, we, again, we didn't have that connection. And I think as performers, you get really used to connecting with your people and music is it's in your blood. It's um, it's like oxygen. You, you know, once it's there, you have to figure out a way to keep doing it. 
And with the podcast, it was how do we connect with our people and keep them connected to the musicians and to the music as well. Not just, you know, per se, New Mexico music, but music in general, you know. And we're fortunate enough to know enough people within this music industry within New Mexico music that we could put this together but the idea is to go further than just music to connect with cooks like yourself comedians not just you know an artist with music but with all these other things and you know and try and connect with the people because you know that is true and that's why I ask you because COVID did put people in a different place or they saw things differently and a lot of people did get depressed and kind of got idle and kind of said well a lot of musicians couldn't make it and they, you know, had to get jobs. And now, you know, that's just the way it is. It's hard for them to figure out. But the connection to doing what they're doing now, as far as these things, keeps us connected to the future when things do open up. And you basically don't go, it's not like it was wasted or dead, but it, and not even idle because you still found a way to survive. It's like the life jacket that was thrown to you. You know, whatever that might have been us, it was a podcast and it was virtual stuff as well, you know, just staying connected to the people. It's important. It's important to keep that with your people. And like, you know, you're a plethora of ideas and knowledge and wisdom when it comes to the music. And it's what people, you know, will see you just like you said, the story with that guy not even having a clue of who you were and then being like, oh, my God, like it's it's him. He's right here in front of me. It's such an amazing thing. Well, that he wanted to beat me up. <laughs> yeah, it made it funny because <laughs> he didn't realize we were the same person. But know. that connection's magical when you can find somebody that kind of goes wow and connects to you. Whether and comedy is such an amazing thing because you're making people laugh, and that is such medicine. You know, music is medicine, laughter is medicine, dancing is medicine. This is all stuff that you're providing to people to give them hope. And so your stuff that you put out, even during this COVID thing, even if you were, you know, oh my God, well, I, I'm not able to perform now. I have to go work and do this stuff. The fact that you stayed connected like that gives people the courage, the hope, and, you know, to do the same thing and continue their craft. And that's probably one of the most amazing gifts that you can give aside from your music and your art. So I want to thank you guys for coming here and just being a part of Vibe New Mexico, I want to thank all the people that, you know, just continue to support New Mexico music, especially Carlos Medina and Gabriel de la Plaga and uh, Tia Lola and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that amazing happiness that you bring people is a true gift. And for Anthony and I, even bigger blessing to be able to call you guys friends and to be able to come and have some hamburgers and mimosas <laughs> even though i got my covid shot <laughs> or whatever Shots. yeah Shots. Shots i will never forget the time that i had vertigo and i still went out drinking with oh you guys and i was like gonna <laughs> i thought i was really gonna die but you know it's all fun we have some adventures and some cool stories and i can't wait for the future for many yes, more and many to more. watch your comedy and to continue to be one of your biggest supporters so Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Laters. Bienvenido mi amigo soldado, bienvenido a tu tierra otra vez. Con valor a tu patria serviste y 
hoy te brindo respeto y amor Bienvenido mi amigo soldado Bienvenido a tu tierra otra vez Tu regreso nos alegra el alma Y de orgullo llena el corazón Con profundo respeto y honor Recordamos los que padecieron Que el Señor Dios eterno bendiga sus familias y a nuestra nación. Bienvenido mi amigo soldado, bienvenido a tu tierra otra vez. Tus amigos y seres queridos se han reunido con gusto y placer Bienvenido mi amigo soldado Bienvenido a tu tierra otra vez Con valor a tu patria serviste Y hoy te brindo respeto y honor Con profundo respeto y honor Recordamos los que padecieron, que el Señor Dios eterno bendiga sus familias y a nuestra nación.